Hey church, how are you doing today? I hope you had an amazing week and that you're feeling refreshed and expectant this morning to hear from God. You know, I believe that he is going to speak to us this morning. I believe that he has put a word on my heart that will be a message of encouragement that is going to release you into this next week with increased enthusiasm, with increased faith, with increased passion to press into all that God has got for you. I don't know about you, but I'm really missing worshipping together right now. I had a little praise party for one in my office on Monday morning. I put my headphones in, cranked the music up to 11 and tuned out the world and just tuned into God. You know, there really is no better place to be than in his presence, is there? You know, it's life-giving. Uh, all I wanted to do in that moment was to, uh, to give God the glory and the honour that he deserves and just to worship him. And what I found is as I poured out to, to God in that moment, I found that he was pouring right back into my life. You know, I was there to bless him and I found that he was blessing me. He was building me up. He was uh, building up my spirit and encouraging me and, and comforting me. One of the songs that I, that I listened to, that I sang along with, is called Face to Face, such an anointed song. And the lyrics say this, it says, I will never regret a moment spent with you. I'll never regret a lifetime given to you. I'll never regret a moment here in your presence, face to face, heart to heart, deep to deep. I just want to be where you are. It's such a great song. I've asked Joe to put it on the playlist this week. So get on Spotify, on YouTube, and be blessed by that song and the rest of them that are on that worship playlist. Have yourself a little worship praise party in your living room or wherever. I encourage you, do it, it'll be great. Okay, so today we are continuing with our series on the prayer of Jabez, this little one-line prayer that is tucked away in Chronicles, hidden amongst a genealogy with a bunch of names that I am not going to try and pronounce again. But as the writer was listing name after name after name that covers the, the storyline of the Old Testament, he paused at one name to give a little bit of insight into a guy called Jabez. None of the other names listed got anything more than their name and who their children were. But Jabez, Jabez got a bit more detail. It says in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, after all these names, 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 he says, Jabez was more honourable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called upon the God of Israel. Here's this one line prayer, this beautiful prayer saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And it says that God granted him what he asked. So he was a man of faith. 
who chose to call out to God, to cry out to God, to seek God and ask for his blessings. And he trusted that God would bless him, that God would bless him in a way that would help him to to fulfill God's plans for his life, to advance not the kingdom of Jabez, but the kingdom of God. And so today, church, what I want to speak into is this idea around hope. You know, I loved that, that passage that Pastor Aaron shared a couple of weeks ago from Lamentations chapter 3. It says, yet I still dare to hope. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this, that the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. Yet I still dare to hope. I love it. It's such a great message. It's such a great message speaking to us at our time right now where we find ourselves. You know, we aren't called Hope Church Living because we thought it sounded cool. We're not called Hope Church Living because we saw another church called Hope and thought, we're going to be like them. We're not called Hope Church Living because of some vague idea that perhaps at some time in the future, maybe God wanted us to be. No, we are called Hope Church because we firmly believe that God has called us to bring hope to our community. So what is hope? You know, we hope that everything will be okay. We hope that perhaps some people are on our side as we do this journey of life. We hope that we might find purpose in amongst all the distractions. But biblical hope is not wishful thinking. Biblical hope is is having a, a confident expectation in God. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil. Plans to give you a future and a what? A hope. We are, we, uh, not just Hope Church living, but we, the church of Jesus Christ, we are the hope of the world. We are the hope of this nation, of this generation. We are the hope of our community, of our friends and of our family and of our colleagues. We are called Hope Church Lytham. Why? Because we have been called by God to bring hope and to be hope. You know, I believe that hope is the, is the building blocks to your faith. And a good theological working definition of hope is a quiet, calm assurance that God is working even when you can't sense him. You know, I think the problem for for many of us is that our hopes are low because we're managing our disappointment. I think we don't want to get disappointed and so we fail to get our hopes up. Perhaps you've read that that verse in Proverbs that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so it's easier to say, let me not get my hopes up 
so I can protect my heart. But you know, you can't just read one half of a verse. You have to read the whole thing. You have to read it in its context. And the next line of that proverb says, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. A dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Is a tree of life. And you can't just read one verse on its own. Even in its context, you have to read the, the whole book. You have to understand the message of what this is saying. And, you know, in Hebrews chapter 11, Paul writes, it's impossible to please God without faith. And what is faith? Well, he tells us right at the very beginning of that same chapter, he says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for. I want to encourage you today, it's time to get your hopes up. It's time for you to believe for more, to dream for more, to declare for more. The best is still ahead of us. Do you know what? God is interested in the, in the small stuff. If you're driving to the shops and you need a parking space, pray to God. If you've got a spot that is really irritating you, pray to God. He loves to be interested in the small, in the minutiae, in the detail of our lives. But do you know what? God loves it as well when we ask him for the big stuff. So if you need a miracle today, if you need breakthrough today, if, if, if you're asking and dreaming for something big, then you better be taking it to God in prayer. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. So we're looking at the prayer of Jabez, and I believe that this is a prayer, albeit short, it's a prayer filled with hope. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border. Listen to the, the hope, listen to the faith, and that your right hand would be with me and would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And what happened? It says that God granted what he asked for. This is a prayer of hope. Here is a guy who was, who was labelled from the very beginning of his life as pain. And we're going to come to that in the next couple of weeks. But he was born into pain but had faith that his future would be full of peace. He was born into pain but he believed that his life would have purpose. Jabez prayed this prayer of hope that God could use him. And so we broke down that prayer last week, didn't we? But in this short one-line prayer, Jabez asks for four things. He asks for blessing, oh, that you would bless me. He asks for influence, enlarge my borders. He asks for God's presence, that God's right hand would be with him. And he asks for protection, that God would keep him from harm. If you don't know what to pray, if you don't know how to pray, then why not pray the prayer of Jabez? God, would you bless me? God, would you give me influence? Not that my name be made great, but that your name be made famous. God, would you be with me? Would you anoint me? Would you anoint my work? And would you protect me? God, protect me. Church, can we get our hopes up 
today? Can we believe for more? Can we declare for more? Can we dream those, those God-sized dreams and dare to get our hopes up? Jabez looked to God. He, he, he approached God and he said, God, would you bless me today? And guess what? God granted his request. That's right. God, God didn't hear him and go, mm, nah, not today, mate. Jabez approached God. Jabez asked God to be blessed. And it says that God granted his request. Do you know how to be certain that you won't get the, the desires of your heart? Don't ask. Don't ask. You know, church, we need to allow ourselves the, the, the freedom to ask God. We need to allow ourselves to release ourselves to have the boldness and the faith to ask God. Now, I'm not saying that if you ask God, he won't say no. But, but what I am saying is that if you ask God, he might say yes. And who wants to take their chances with a might say yes? We need to get our hopes up, church. We need to ask God. Look at you know, what Jesus told his followers in, in John chapter 16. He said to them, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. He says, whatever we ask, we'll receive. But what do we have to do? We have to ask. We have to ask in his name. You know, God loves to, to hear you speak to him. You see, God knows exactly what we want. He knows what we long for. He knows what we need. But he loves to hear us ask him. Why? Because it's about relationship. Yes, he knows the desires of our heart. He knows what it is that we're dreaming for, what we long for. But he still wants to hear us say it. Let me ask you this, what, what happens when we begin to talk about our hopes and about our dreams? I don't know about you, but I begin to get excited and I begin to get passionate and start bouncing around and, and waving my arms around like crazy because when people talk about the, their dreams and their hopes and their aspirations, they get excited, they get passionate and it just kind of oozes out of them and it's infectious. Have you ever had those kinds of conversations? French military strategist Ferdinand Fox said, the most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. I love that because, you know, fire, it not only affects what's on the inside, but, but everything that's on the outside as well. And a German philosopher said, nothing great in this world has been accomplished without passion. We need to have passion. We need to have enthusiasm. And when we talk to God, when we share with him the desires of our heart, even though he already knows it, he begins to see us get passionate, get excited, and he loves it. He loves to hear our excitement and our enthusiasm. And even more, he loves to give us the desires 
of our heart. And you know, that passion, that, that fire, it doesn't always need to be about something positive either. You know, you can be in an absolute place of, of heartache, of brokenness, of despair. You can feel such a raw emotion inside you that burns within your spirit. Do you know, if you're longing for healing or restoration or breakthrough in your life, don't let it just stay inside. Release it. Stop trying to manage your disappointment and get your hopes up. What are you believing for right now? What is it that you want to see happen in your life? What's the breakthrough that you long for? Have you forgotten to ask God? Who knows that God's timing isn't always our timing. He doesn't work on our time frame. Maybe you have approached God. Maybe you've actually asked him for what's on your heart, but it seems like he's not listening. God, where are you in this? Where's my answer? I don't know what it is. Maybe you've got a new business to start, or maybe you're longing for a relationship, or maybe you're crying out for your healing, but it's not coming. You're not seeing God at work. You're not seeing the answer in this situation that you're crying out for. And it can be so frustrating, can't it? But God's timing is perfect. The Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways. And so we can't expect God to move whenever we want him to. It has to be the other way around, doesn't it? I love what it says in Lamentations chapter 3. It says, the Lord is good to those who, whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Do you know, if we hope in God, if we seek God, we can know and trust that he is good. And so what do we do? We need to ask God, then wait. We need to ask God, then wait. You know, I believe that this prayer of Jabez is a prayer full of hope. Hope that, that even when we can't sense God moving, he is at work. This this confident expectation that, that God will be good to us, that he will bless us, that he will prosper us. Let me ask you this, are you a patient person? Are you a patient person? We give our boys pocket money every week. We give them one pound on a Sunday and it is totally up to them how they spend their money, whether they want to spend it, save it, waste it, whatever it is. And Caleb said to us a couple of weeks ago, he said, I want to save up for a PlayStation 4. That's what he wants. And he said, I'm going to save up my pocket money and then maybe I'll add some birthday money to it and some Christmas money if I've not got enough so I can buy a PS4. You know, his attitude is a great one, isn't it? It's one of, of patience, of, of recognising that if he can have enough self-control to not spend his money on other things, that in the long run, he'll get something he really wants. And so that was his decision. We're not forcing him. He can do what he wants. He can make his own decisions. And then the other day we're out shopping. We're in Sainsbury's and the, the boys spot this display. Parents, you know, the, you know the ones. 
It's a cardboard point of sale unit. It's bright, it's colorful, it's emblazoned with cartoon characters that you have never seen before. And on it are magazines and toys and collectibles screaming out, buy me, buy me, buy me. And so like with most kids, they were drawn to it like a magnet. Can we get one? Can we get this? Can we get one of these? I really want one. I mean, we have never seen this brand, this product ever. Not one of us knew anything about it, but it's shiny, it's new, it's colorful, and we've got to have it right now. And so we're like, okay, you've got enough money. If, if that's what you want to do with your money, then go for it. But I turned to Caleb and I said, wait a minute, didn't, didn't you want to save your money for a PS4? He's like, well, yeah, I really want a PS4, but I also really want this and it's right here in my hands and it's shiny and it's new and it's exciting. And so they went ahead and they bought these things. I mean, the willpower of a child can only last so long. Am I right? But my point here is that patience is hard. Patience is a challenge, not just for kids, but for us as adults too. But I want to encourage you to stand strong, to not lose hope, to wait quietly for God. You know, the Bible tells us, doesn't it, quite often that we should wait. Jesus told his disciples as he was about to ascend to be with his Father in heaven that they should wait. They should wait to receive the gift of the power of the Holy Spirit. We're told in that picture of the, of the armour of God that once we've clothed ourselves with the armour that we should stand, that we should wait. It says in James chapter 5, it says, you also must be patient. You also must be patient. Keep your hopes high for the day of the Lord's coming is near. Paul wrote in Romans, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And he wrote later in chapter 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And the psalmist writes, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. I think that's what Jabez did. He, he cried out to God and then he waited. Time and time again in scripture, it says this message of waiting, of being patient, of having faith. We don't know how long Jabez had to wait to see God answer his prayer. All we know is that God answered, that God granted his request. So if you're not seeing an answer to your prayer right now. If you've been crying out to God and you're not sensing him at work, don't lose faith, but get your hopes up. I referenced uh, Bruce Wilkinson last week. He wrote a book on this prayer of Jabez and he says that, that one day he chose to pray this prayer of Jabez word for word and then he did it the next day and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And it sounds like he has never stopped praying that prayer and he found that it has changed his life for the better. Now, I'm not saying that you should pray the word of Jabez, word for word, every day in order to see God bless your life. But I think there is absolutely something to be said for persistence in prayer. 
You know, there's something really important about creating a pattern of prayer in our lives. Are you disciplined enough to create space in your no doubt busy day to pray? Or do you remember to pray last thing at night just before bed and then wake up in the morning realizing that you fell asleep mid-sentence? I know that's happened to me in the past. Do your prayers look like a shopping list or are you worshiping God in your prayer life? Is it a is it a one-side conversation where you just splurge at God or are you creating the space for him to answer you, for him to speak back to you? You know, the Bible talks a lot and, and I'll end with this. As, as well as encouraging us to, uh, to wait and encouraging us to be patient, the Bible stresses the importance of our heart and our attitude in prayer. It's so important that the posture of, of how we approach the throne, of how we approach God with our prayers. The Bible says in James chapter 4, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. That's what we've said, we've got to ask God. But then he goes on, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. It's so important, this, this posture of our prayers. God longs to bless us. He longs to pour out his goodness and his grace on us. But his, his hope is that we will be selfless and not selfish in our prayers, that we will put others ahead of ourselves, that we will put his purposes in front of our own. You know, I'm really excited that we're launching the prayer course next month and I would encourage you to, to get involved in that because I believe that as we go through this course and as we, as we dig into the Lord's Prayer in a bit more depth, that, that it will help us all to either to create a, a new pattern of prayer or to create a stronger pattern of prayer in our lives. The psalmist writes, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. That means his pleasures above ours. It means him first. It means getting to know him. It means falling more and more in love with him. And as our hearts align with his, like Jabez, we will see him bless us. So church, today I want to tell you, I want to give you the encouragement, I want to encourage you and allow you to get your hopes up. Why don't we pray? Father God, we just thank you for just how much you love us. We thank you that everything you do, that everything that you have done, that it is all to allow and to enable relationship with you because that's what you love. More than anything else, you just want to be in relationship with your children. And so God, I pray that as we learn from this prayer of Jabez, that, uh, that we will recognize the importance of coming to you, of, of asking of you what's on our hearts. You say that we should approach your throne with boldness. 
And so, God, we boldly approach you with our request, with our desires. And as we ask you, even though you already know, you will sense and you will, you will recognise the passion, the enthusiasm, the burning emotion that is, is causing us to seek you, to reach out to you. And then, God, I pray that you will give us the patience to wait. Not to rush, not to get uh, stressed or tired or frustrating when we can't see you at work, but just to wait and know that even if we can't see you, you are moving. That even if we can't hear you, you are speaking. And God, I pray that, that as we approach you, as we, as we grow in our prayer life, that we will create a pattern of prayer that is focused more, about, more on you than about us that puts you first above us, that, that helps us to, to look to you, to your desires, to your plans, to your purposes first and foremost, that we should seek first the kingdom of God, that we should pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, in our lives, in our communities, in our families, with our friends, as it is in heaven. And we ask all of this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.